Let us read together the words projected in front of you, the Beatitudes, um, and then we will read uh, the text from James chapter 3. Together. Uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Uh, Last week, uh, we began uh, the text uh, from James uh, chapter 3, and we're going to complete that uh, this, uh, this morning. And I'll read just verses 17 and 18. Uh, In contrast with the wisdom of the world, this is true wisdom from above, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And the harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. This is the word of God, and we may say again, show us Christ as we look into God's word today. Just a brief summary of what we talked about last uh, last week. Um, the world, the flesh, and the devil conspire to disrupt um, blood-bought peace. The wisdom of this world is earthly, hear this, earthly, unspiritual, and of the devil... And it produces all kinds of disorder and evil practice. But the Holy Spirit helps us see each other. It helps us see each other. And it helps us to see those that we are seeking to help along in this path of peacemaking um, with eyes of grace. We will consider today our own peacemaking efforts with other believers And also, as the Lord equips us and calls us, largely as parents, but in other conditions as well, situations as well, to be peacemakers. And for this, we need the Spirit giving us the eyes of grace. Secondly, we are naturally either avoiders or attackers. And both of these strategies or practices cause us to miss the intimacy that we have with Christ. We may avoid conflict and simply not resolve things, and we tend to keep a distance, therefore. And then through time, we may sort of cool off a little bit and get back together, but never say anything about repentance or never say anything about Christ. Or we may attack, and that is use sharp words, but don't come back with the salve of the gospel. In both of these things, we're missing the gospel, missing Christ. Thirdly, we are called and equipped with all of these obstacles, all these challenges, we are called and equipped to be 
peacemakers. And so we have Holy Spirit wisdom from above uh, to be um, peace, to live peaceably with one another uh, so far as it is possible with us. We also are given wisdom to help others solve problems and to live at peace. All of that is what, the, is what this passage, verses 17 and 18, are getting to as they expand and expound on the lovely, the lovely beatitude, uh, blessed uh, are peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And we're going to begin again at the, at, the, at the end of that beatitude and consider that peacemakers will be called sons of God. And so we, we gird ourselves, we, we, build up, we, we build up ourselves uh, with the knowledge that we are called by the Son to be like the Son who made peace through the blood of his cross. And so we are then to strive for peace uh, with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So we, uh, are, uh, we are seen as sons now, pursuing peace, and yet we are looking forward to that greater expression of peace and likeness with Christ that we saw in 1 John chapter 3 earlier. And so last week we saw first four aspects of peacemaking, this process that is along the way of the harvest of righteousness. Uh, we considered the importance of purity, and that's something we don't have uh, without the grace of God. And so we pray, unite our hearts to fear your name. Unite us. This is a, a pray for our hearts to be united, to fear the, the name of God. Rid me of that, uh, of that divided heart that is either given to dissension or that settles for fake peace. Do not let me give in to either one of those, but let me have an undivided heart that I may fear your name. May we be peaceable, and this peaceable speech flows from meekness and gentleness. And as I explained last week, I think it is how we, how we pursue peace, even within our own families, is the greatest teacher of our children. We show them how to make peace even as we make peace with them, and as husbands and wives make peace with one another. Thirdly, we are gentle and not angry. Uh, now, angry because anger blinds us to two things, and evidently blinds us to two things. It, we fail to see ourselves as anything but the wounded party, and, in, and that a sense of righteousness. And we fail to see the people with whom we are disagreeing, or having a problem, as, as uh, we fail to see them as righteous in Christ. So that's a blindness, that we need to be gentle, having been given the sight from the Holy Spirit. And finally, being open to reason, more eager to listen uh, than to uh, simply uh, repeat our own view. Help me to understand what you're saying or what you're thinking is a great way to pursue that openness to reason. All of that from last week. But today, we want to begin now, then, with full of mercy. Full of mercy. Full of mercy. It is our natural uh, movement, natural movement of our hearts uh, to, to judge another and to pronounce the, the guilty verdict and then to punish them. Uh, this is, is a natural inclination 
But the Spirit gives us grace to move towards one another in sacrificial mercy. And then we see that in our homes. When you sometimes come home from work or or, or you, you, you smell that aroma of freshly baked bread that just permeates the home, that's what the Lord offers us. That's a picture of the beauty of peace that we experience. Uh, in our homes, when we are when we are full of mercy, we're gentle with one another. We are less demanding and exacting. This is the heart of mercy, and this will ex- exhibit itself in several different ways. First of all, in what you say, in what you say to one another, especially when you have been living with someone for a long time. I don't know. It's easy. It's easy to, to slide into judgments about another person's motives, and, and yet the larger catechism calls us to be charitable in our in our esteem of neighbors, to view them with charitable judgments, put what they say in the best possible light, not the worst. I was trying for a fresh example of this, and I couldn't find one, but. Some of you have heard this, but one of our daughters um, was born with a downward turn on her mouth, in the mouth. And she looked at life in, in, a, in a sort of a, 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 how do you say, um, just, just in a negative way. Looking at, looking at life in, in, a negative, in a negative way. And, and an example of this, we would be at the table, and, and instead of asking for the milk, she'd make a question like this. Why doesn't someone pass me the milk? Why are you depriving me? Just seeing life that way, by God's grace, he has turned her heart around wonderfully. But, but that's an example of, of looking at something with a negative point of view, assuming you know motives, when in fact um, you do not. It is safe to say that there are probably things we're not seeing about another person's heart. So it is wise to view what, even what they say with, in, in a, charitable, a charitable way and replace a negative critical filter with the mercy of Christ. So that's what they say. You are charitable in the way that you hear what another person says. But also we are to be uh, merciful in, in, to them in how they say things. When going through a stressful time in your home or in a relationship with a friend, it is not unusual for someone to speak in a way that that may be stronger than than is wise, or to exaggerate things, or to be be intense in the way they speak. My goodness, people, let us cut one another slack. Don't, Don't react so quickly to someone not delivering in a difficult situation in a perfect way. Forbear. Don't react to every little flaw in delivery. People don't respond well to picky people. So let's not not be that. I thought of this just recently in this past uh, past couple of weeks in, in, a, in an inappropriate response to my dear wife. It, this is not this is not the way we are to be to, to examine the delivery and, and to be harsh in our in our judgment. So we pray for the Lord's grace to be full of mercy in, 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 um, in, in how um, we respond to people, what they say and how they say it. But then also there's what we do. This is, this is something 
This is something that we are called to do. And I'm, I'm, addressing, I'm addressing all of us, but parents, I want you to, I want you to pay attention right now um, and towards the end of the message as well as I try to direct things to parents dealing with things at home. And children, you too, as you hear this, this is God's calling you to live and enabling you to live at peace. This is what you do. You, you, you forgive first. Or if you are helping your children to seek peace, you're leading them and telling them to forgive first before the matter is solved. This, this is what my dear friend Andy Selly calls the first stage of forgiveness. We forgive in our hearts even before the other person admits fault. Sin, you know, puts yourself, puts you at a debt of someone else. Um, if someone comes into your house and they break a vase that's worth about 30 or 40 dollars, a couple of things can happen. They can say, I'm sorry. And they could replace that vase or give you the equivalent money. They could deal with it that way. Or you could simply forgive and absorb it. And forgiveness is absorbing the price. It's not making that other person pay. It's not demanding pay. You absorb it yourself. You absorb the cost yourself, even as Jesus paid the price of our sin with his death. So that's the first thing. You forgive even before the other admits fault. And as you forgive, you're making a promise to God. I will not seek vengeance or try to get even. Kids, did you hear that? When you forgive a sibling, you're saying before the Lord, I'm not going to seek pain. I'm not going to make my siblings pay back. I'm not going to speak harshly and meanly. I'm going to be kind and gentle. I'm not going to criticize. I'm certainly not going to gossip. I will not seek vengeance or try to get even. That's a promise to God. But you also make a commitment in your own heart. You say, I won't bring this up in my own mind either. I won't mull it over. I won't brood over it. I won't nurse this this aggravation that I have towards my sibling, towards my brother and sister. And then Andy, this is the part that, that struck me so much in what my brother suggested. Kids and parents, listen, listen to this very carefully, and I'll give this to you in written form if you want afterwards. But you, here, here's how you get there, okay? Write down the way that the, this person has harmed you. Not every sort of detail, but, but attitudes, perhaps, or, or patterns of behavior that you've seen. Write it down on a piece of paper. And then one, first thing, write down your list. And then one by one, you name each fault out loud. Name it. Put voice to it. And then you forgive each one. Saying to the Lord, I will entrust this person to you. I will not make them pay. You release them into God's hands. And then pray God's blessing. Pray God's kindness and mercy. The times when I have done this, it's been amazing to see what God has done. 
I may pay, pray for someone's business or someone's uh, challenge that I know they've got in their family. And just ask God to be merciful and kind to them. And that, that, that then creates that a deeper sense of kindness towards them. And then finally, burn the list. Burn the list. If you hang on to the list, you are in bondage. If you burn the list, it, it symbolizes and represents that you free them from the debt and then you yourself are free. All of that is responding with mercy. Uh, it is being full of mercy. And then full of good fruit. Uh, full of good, good fruit. It is wise. Parents, again, it is wise to help your children see um, what it is that is getting them so upset. Um, what, what do they simply demand to have before they will allow themselves to be happy? Is, is, it, is it some, some I don't know, is it some respect that they would want from a brother or sister? Is it to be well thought of? Is it to be understood? Is it to be right? Just must be right. Help your child see what it is that he's demanding, he or she is demanding. Because that is, it's producing bad fruit. It is, as they say, the devil's calling card. So help them with that. And, and then help them turn to the Lord Jesus. Through whom uh, and through the Spirit we receive the fruit. And I'll just name three of them just now. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Just those three from, from Galatians 5. Pray for the Spirit to give you faithfulness so that you don't give up on that person because the Holy Spirit is at work. Faithfulness. Pray for gentleness. With patience a ruler may be persuaded and a soft tongue will break a bone. A, a soft tongue will break a bone. Goes against our flesh entirely, doesn't it? And finally, self-control. Um, give us the grace uh, to say nothing rather than to make things worse. Uh, give us the grace to say nothing rather than to make things worse. I can't get this out of my mind. A while back, I don't know how long ago, but a while back, um, I was disagreeing with my dear wife about something. And she had the wisdom to say, you know, this has gone far enough. Not a good time. Let's pick it up later. And I can remember. This is... I want you to remember this, not because I'm such a jerk, but I want you to remember when you do the same thing. That's why I'm giving this illustration, okay? Not just to crucify myself. And, and I can remember following her from one room to the next, keeping on talking to make my point. And it, it, it finally struck me that, that this, is, this is not productive. <laughs> In fact, it's foolish. It is not helpful, and it does not indicate any self-control at all. And the Lord gave me grace, finally, after all my stubbornness, to just shut my mouth and come back to it. Pray for faithfulness. Don't give up. Gentleness, use a soft word, a soft tongue, and then that self-control. 
And the next one then is being impartial, helping others come to peace. When you help others come to peace, parents, it's very important, of course, isn't it, when you've got two, two of your kids coming to you, that you don't make up your mind beforehand who's guilty. Just because this one over here usually is, hear him out. And let the other person speak. Let both of them speak. Hear them out. Assume that you don't have all of the information. And resist the urge to lock in to your perspective. Remember, you are leading by example as you help your children live at peace. They will mirror what they see in you for many, many years, decades perhaps. Make it right. Make it gentle. Make it kind. Make it um, full of mercy and good fruit. You always know less than you think you do in a situation like this. So you're waiting and you're giving each of them an opportunity to speak. And really, one side is seldom as bad as you think, or the other side as good as you think. So you give both a turn to speak. And if one of them interrupts, you say, wait a minute, you'll have your turn. Listen now. And then by the end, you can make a simple statement. Um, What does each of you have to take responsibility for? It's never just one person. What does each of you have to take responsibility for? Each of you. God, isn't this wonderful? Both of them are wrong. And both of them have something to admit and to confess. And both of them can flee to Jesus. It's, It's wonderful. Finally, be sincere. Be sincere. Um, and I got, I got much of this from uh, an idea from a teacher, and I don't remember his or her name. I cannot give credit for this to the right person. But this was a teacher who was helping students to have uh, sincere apologies. And it's the same, of course, in our homes. We, we want our children, when they have an interchange, to not just say, okay, I'm sorry. I mean, come on. What good is that? So how do we get our kids to be sincere in making their apologies and having that transaction with each other? Here, here are four points. And once again, if you want me to send this to you, in, in, I'll, I'll, I'll send this to you. The first thing is this. I'm sorry for, and then be specific. Be specific. Show the person that you're apologizing to that you really understand what they're upset about. You, it is not enough. It is not. A, this is a wrong response or a wrong way to respond. Uh, I'm sorry for being me. Well, we can do better than that. How about this? I'm sorry for saying that nobody wants to be your friend. Use their words. Use use your words, what you said to hurt that person. I'm sorry for saying that nobody wants to be your friend. So you're being specific. I'm sorry for something specific then. And, And then this one. This is wrong because... It's good to say that. If they don't know how they've hurt the other person, they probably won't change. They probably won't see a need to change. Again, a wrong way to, re- to f- f- fulfill this it would be to say, it's wrong because I got in trouble. Or it's wrong because mom told me to say this. Mom told me about it. 
It's, that's, those, are, those are inadequate ways to, to say it is wrong because. How about this one instead? It is wrong because I hurt you. It is wrong because I degraded you. It is wrong because it simply isn't true. It's wrong. And then this. Um, in the future, I will. This is a commitment to actually changing behavior. In the future, I will. And, and let's try to be positive. Say what you will do. Or lead your children to say what they should do, what they will do, not what they won't do. Something like this. Uh, it, it is, it, it, this is an inadequate. This could be the wrong way to say it. In the future, I won't say that. We can do better than that. How about this one? In the future, I will keep unkind words to myself. In the future, I will tend my own heart, watch my own heart, and not let it leak poison on you. Something of that nature. In the future, I will, I will, not, I will keep unkind words to myself. Or, or in this one. In the future, I won't push you. Well, okay. How about this one? In the future, I will keep my hands to myself. Okay, you're helping your child to think positively and constructively identifying what is wrong, saying you're sorry specifically, identifying what is wrong, and then, and then committing to a change of behavior in the future. And then finally, the question, will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? Of course, you can't control the answer to this one. But it is important to try to restore the friendship. Sometimes uh, they won't forgive, they won't forgive or not right away, but you at least ask for it. And remember, you've already done that work of forgiving in your own heart. May God help all of us to be peacemakers in our homes and with one another. May we all enjoy the harvest of righteousness sown in peace by those who make peace. And children, I want to address you for a few more moments. I have just given to you a very difficult list of things to do. And it may seem impossible to you. But do you know Jesus today? I'm not asking if you've heard stories about him. I know you have. You may know a lot about him. But do you know Jesus as your Savior, forgiving your sins, and also as your Lord, whom you worship. And then also as your friend. Do you know this Jesus, who is committed to helping you do these hard things? Do you know Jesus? And a bigger a question for the bigger people among us as well, but it's really the same question. Do you know the Savior? These are, these are really difficult things to do. Can you say that I truly am a son of God as evidenced by my desire to be at peace? Can you say that? Um, your Savior, your Savior is with you and for you and in you. And may God grant you, therefore, um, the grace uh, to be those sons and daughters 
of the living God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Lord, we thank you um, for a beautiful word today. A beautiful word that um, you have made peace with us through the cross, through the blood of the cross. And we are undeserving, each one of us, we are undeserving. And we pray that this very day um, you would be working in our hearts uh, a glorious uh, delight uh, in you and in mercy uh, to be able to give that uh, to those around us. Thank you. May our homes be full of the aroma of fresh baked bread. Loving to be there because it's, it, it's peaceful. We pray that you would work in each one of us and in our homes and in our church for your glory. In the name of our Lord Jesus. In the name of our Lord Jesus.